بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته Welcome back to Unlocking Hearts A program where we intend to reflect about the Quran and on the Quran and with the niyyah that Allah Ta'ala remove the locks from our hearts. أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَى قُلُوبٍ أَقَفَالُهَا Do they not reflect about the Quran or are there locks upon their hearts? I'm your host, Manana Irshad Siddiq. Today we are looking at juz number 10 of the Quran. And in this juz, subhanAllah, there are so many lessons that one could take because the theme of war and conflict flows throughout the 10th juz of the Quran. The Jews begins at verse number 41 of Surah Al-Anfal and ends at verse number 86 of Surah Al-Tawbah. These two surahs are known as the wartime chapters and are often misquoted by Islamophobes to project a false image of Islam. There are many verses in this Jews that are quoted out of context to make Islam look violent and intolerant, yet there are many other verses in this Jews that people often ignore that actually balance or explain those other verses and give the full picture. Surah Al-Anfal was revealed after the Battle of Badr. Surah Al-Tawbah was one of the last Madan and Suwar and was revealed after the expedition to Tabuk. Both Suwar were revealed during military campaigns and their verses reflect these circumstances. To take these verses out of context is simply just dishonest. It also distracts from the many beautiful lessons we can derive from these two surahs as many people shy away from discussing them because of the association with the concept of jihad. And of course we know that in our, in our era, ERA that is, jihad has become somewhat of a swear word. Okay, In these two surahs we see the beginning and the end of the military uh, campaigns of the Prophet ﷺ against the Quraysh. Surah Al-Anfal reflects on their first victory, reminding us that victory is from Allah, right? That Badr victory. And piety is what matters most. Surah Al-Tawbah was revealed after the biggest victory of the Muslims, the conquest of Makkah, right? Fathu Makkah in the eighth year after the Hijrah, showing the Muslims at the height of their power. Between these two surahs, we see various reflections on how Muslims should behave during wartime, times of peace and when in a position of power. In all situations, justice and piety take precedence over anything else. An often misquoted verse in this is verse number 60 of Surah Al-Anfal. Allah says, And prepare for them or prepare against them all the power you can muster and all the cavalry you can mobilize to terrify thereby God's enemies and your enemies and others besides them whom you do not know. But God or Allah knows them. Whatever you spend in God's way will be repaid to you in full and you will not be wronged. This verse is often portrayed as promoting violence against innocent civilians. Yet its context clearly shows otherwise. The verse promotes the importance of the Muslim nation having a strong military presence so that it is not a target of tyrants and enemies. The goal is to avoid war by establishing a position of power. The following verse helps us to understand its proper context. If they incline towards peace, then incline towards it. In fact, the word incline here in Arabic is so powerful because it's the same word used for wing. 
janah. And Allah says, you know, incline towards it, lower your wing and, you know, incline towards peace in that sense and put your trust in God. He is the hearer, the knower. This teaches us that the default is peace and military strength is a means towards establishing peace and justice. Another important verse in the surah is verse number 70, which was revealed about the uncle of the Prophet wasallam, Sayyidina Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Allah says, if God finds any good in your hearts, he will give you better than what was taken from you and he will forgive you. Allah is forgiving. Allah is merciful. Abbas was forced to fight the Muslims at Badr, but he just stood there and allowed himself to be captured. He was captured by Abu Yusuf, a Sulami, a smaller man who tied him up, and he was assisted by an angel in capturing Abbas. Allah wanted Abbas captured early, so he was not killed. And it was painful for the Prophet ﷺ and his companions to see their loved ones as their captives. The Prophet ﷺ gave concessions to his uncle, and out of justice, any concessions he gave to Abbas, he gave to all the captives. He even started new methods of ransom, including teaching people in exchange for freedom. The Prophet ﷺ asked Abbas to ransom himself, and he said that he did not have any money. So the Prophet ﷺ told him about some, uh, some money only he and his wife knew about. So Abbas immediately realized that he was in fact a true prophet. And some narrators uh, claim that he accepted Islam then. This verse was revealed, then promising goodness in both worlds to Abbas and those like him after paying that ransom. Abbas grew wealthier every day and never lost wealth again. Surah Tawbah was revealed around the time of the expedition to Tabuk. This was in the ninth year after the Hijrah and it reflects the various political events that took place that year. It flows from Surah Al-Anfal, like one surah sharing a theme of military struggle. And then Tabuk, of course, was a long and brutal expedition in which the Prophet ﷺ and 30,000 companions set out to face the Byzantine army, the Romans. It was a long march through the desert in the middle of summer. Leaving Medina for this expedition was a test in and of itself. And there's the story of how three Sahaba actually procrastinated uh, in going to this particular expedition and eventually didn't go at all. And also the story of their Tawbah and how difficult it was for them to actually, you know, overcome this. That's a very beautiful story to reflect on as well. The Prophet ﷺ returned home with a strong psychological victory, but the event had exposed the hypocrites and those inclined to this world. The surah also reflects on other events that took place that year, including the Battle of Hunayn. Now, Hunayn is one of the two battles mentioned in, in the Qur'an by name. The other is Badr. And it's interesting because these two battles are kind of like on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Allah reminds us that victory is not linked to numbers. So in Badr, the believers were outnumbered tremendously, but they were victorious. And in Hunayn, the believers outnumbered the enemies tremendously, but they didn't win. They were actually they actually failed. So don't rely on the numbers. Don't don't look at numbers and think that success is linked to that. It's not about how many musallis are in the masjid or how many people are listening to your nasiha or how many you know how many hearts your message is going to reach. It's rather the intention, the sincerity in that intention, and that we do it for the sake of Allah. 
subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they faced an initial setback at Hunayn, but eventually they were victorious after remembering that victory is from Allah. And then about this, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, and this is the verse we are really selecting for today. لَقَدَ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرَةٍ وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنٍ إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثَرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِ عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا وَضَاقَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْأَرْضُ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ ثُمَّ وَلَّيْتُمْ مُدْبِرِينَ Verse number 25, Allah Ta'ala says, Indeed, Allah has given you believers, you, many victories on many battlefields, even at the battle of Hunayn, when you took your your pride from your numbers, right? If a'jabatkum, when impressed you, kathratukum, your abundance, your, your many, many numbers in the battlefield impressed you. Falam tughni ankum shay'a, but Allah taught you a lesson in that your numbers didn't make you instantaneously victorious as you may have thought. Wadaqat alaykum al-ardu bima rahubat, and the earth actually became very constricted upon you despite its vastness. And you had to turn back in retreat. And of course, there's quite a beautiful story about the Prophet wasallam and uh, a recent convert to Islam who was a family member of the Prophet wasallam. Please do read that story. It's very, very beautiful. And how the Prophet wasallam stood and, you know, only a few Sahaba remained with him and others retreated. This teaches us a very important lesson in life as well. Don't let the material means fool you into thinking that automatically you are going to be successful because you've got the money or you've got the numbers or any other thing that is material. Know that the actual success and the actual doer, the musabbibul asbab, the the cause of causes is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and keep your faith with him, keep your faith in him and he will make you victorious with the means, without the means, even against the means. As our brethren in the Tablighi Jamaat always say, and this is so very true, right? Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala generally works within the means of this world because that is sunnat Allah fil ard, the way of God in the land. But that doesn't restrict Allah at all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can work with the means if he so chooses, but he can also work without the means, he can also work against the means. Keep your faith where it really matters. Throughout the surah, we are reminded that victory is from Allah and only He can assist us. We are reminded about the difficult migration journey and how Allah protected the Prophet ﷺ and Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq in the cave during this journey. The surah provides a powerful example of true belief in the person of Abu Bakr and contrasts that with the weakness of the hypocrites who tried to cause multiple problems that year. And of course, there are many examples of this in the particular surah as well. Surah At-Tawbah continues into the next Jews and continues to contrast the qualities of the believers with those of the hypocrites, showing us both the path to righteousness and the paths of misguidance. A teacher of mine, Malana Ali Gouda, Hafidahullah, may Allah grant him a long life with khair and barakah, he mentioned always that if you are going through a difficulty or you're experiencing a tough time in life, it's a very beneficial exercise to read and reflect on the lessons contained within Surah At-Tawbah because what it would do on a, very, on a very plain level is to contextualize your difficulty in the light of the bigger picture. 
often we can lose touch with the bigger picture and we, we see our problems, we see nothing else but our problems, and then automatically we assume that we only have problems. But when you, when you read the Qur'an and we see the way in which Allah consoles His prophets and messengers and the way Allah consoles us through their stories and through other lessons in the Qur'an, we really, we really come to see that our problems are not really problems at all. And with that, we turn and we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, O Allah, O Master of the Day of Judgment, our Lord, our Nourish, our Creator, our Sustainer, O He who is only one who has no partners, no sons, no fathers, Ya Rabbal Alameen, Creator of everything in existence, we beg of you to send the traces, peace, blessings and salutations upon our beloved messenger Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam upon his family, upon his friends, and upon all of those who follow in their footsteps until the end of time. Ya Allah, make us of those. O oh Allah, we pray to you, Ya Rabbil Alameen, that you inspire us with everything that we need in order to make this Ramadan successful. We beg of you to turn our Ramadan into that which is successful in your eyes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you make our Ramadan the best Ramadan of our lives, and that it be enough to enter us forever into Jannah and to save us from the fires of Jahannam. Ya Rabbil Alameen, as we completed, or as we are about to complete, the first period of the month of Ramadan, we beg that all of that which we managed to do by your mercy be accepted from us, and we ask your forgiveness for our neglect and our laziness in that regard. Ya Rabbi, we ask that you take our short and our imperfect deeds with your perfect rahmah, and you accept it from us and you allow it to flow Write the way through Jannatul Firdaus. Amin, Ya Rabbal Alameen. O oh Allah, we turn to you and we make dua that we can be from among those who do not place their faith in numbers and material things and money, but that they place their faith in you, our Rabb, subhanahu wa ta'ala. O oh Allah, we ask that you remove all forms of worldly love and false love from our hearts and you replace it with your love. Ya Allah, we want to love you. Ya Allah, we want to love your messenger. Ya Allah, we go through difficulty in trying to love you and your messenger. Ya Rabbal Alameen. Ya Allah, we are weak and we fall and we falter. But Ya Allah, you are the most merciful. And Ya Allah, we beg of your mercy to make us from among those who truly love you with their words, with their hearts, with their actions and with their lives. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Oh Allah, we ask for your love. We ask for the love of those who love you. And we ask for the love of those things that will lead us to your love. وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين تقبل الله منا ومنكم جزاكم الله خيرا until next time إن شاء الله تعالى this was unlocking hearts I'm Irshad Siddiq take care and may Allah تعالى accept our good deeds آمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته